You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, July 25th. Our special guest today on the hotline bling is Bullmath McIntyre, the trainer of Terrence Crawford, and Chia Santana, um, who just fought a really hard, tough fight with Jose Benavidez on Saturday night. Let me properly introduce my co-pilot, my PIC, my partner in crime, Giandra LaBeouf, the founder of BadCulture.net. What's up, Jay? Back in Los Angeles, goddamn, it's so much cooler in Los Angeles than it is in Las Vegas, but I had a great time. I had a great time with you. Enjoyed the fights and looking forward to getting this show out tonight so I could take a nap before this Chocolatito <laughs> press conference. Your girl is we, not as young as she used to be. <laughs> we... We had a blast in Las Vegas, and we will talk about that a little more. But, listen, the lines are open. If you'd like to call in and speak your piece, if you want to talk about Crawford Postle, um, is Crawford the future of our sport? Um, How do you enjoy the fight? Please call in, 718-508-9852. Press 1 to speak your piece. We're going to try to squeeze in as many callers as we can today, but we do have Chia Santana and Bomac, and that's going to take up quite a bit of time. But we will, we will try our best to get to you guys. Uh, Jay, let's talk about Las Vegas real quick before we get into the weekend recaps here. Um, Terrence Crawford once again pulled a really decent crowd to Las Vegas, and it was live. Yes, he did. How totally did you live. Think about Vegas? Omaha showed up and show out. What a perfect weekend to have a Crawford fight. Not that, not only did Omaha come out strong, there was a, a Q, an Omega Sci-Fi frat member on the card, so all of Omega Sci-Fi showed up. Shout out to the Brusks who were in their purple and gold. The the neighborhood awards were going on. It was just so random but so perfect at the same time. A great atmosphere and just a very exciting time for uh, Crawford to make his pay-per-view debut in Las Vegas. So great weekend. Yeah. Very, very festive. Yeah, once again, I think it proves that Crawford does draw the crowd and he doesn't have to be in Omaha to do it. I've been to a fight of his in Omaha where he drew 13,000. I've been to his fight in New York where he sold out the Madison square garden. And then we go to Vegas and I was a little skeptical, but guess what? Over 7,500 people showed up. He's not from there. Um, A lot of flights were canceled a lot. You know, Southwest was having some issues. So a lot of Omaha, Omaha people couldn't even get there. And they still drew really, really good at the gate. And it was live. It was super live. I mean, folks just were having a ball. And I had a great time talking to everybody who who we came across. I'm always surprised now by how many people recognize us when we're walking around. That was pretty dope. I like yeah, you know, we got, <laughs> we got to catch up with a lot of fans, a lot of our listeners. We met new boxing fans. We met new friends that, you know, don't even watch boxing, and I think now we've turned them into boxing fans, and that's what it's all about. And as media, whether you're doing radio, podcasting, whether you're a journalist, a reporter, whatever it is you do, photography, use your platform wisely. Try to draw new boxing fans to our sport respectfully. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to do a better job at using our platform better. Why are we tearing down our own sport? 
for it. It's not a good look. We got to stop doing all. that. Amen. Amen. Let's yeah. raise our offering. I'll pass the plate around. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into uh, fight recaps. Jay, let's start out with Oscar Valdez demolishing Matias Rueda. Oscar Dillon. Break it down, Oscar Jay. De La Hoya. Oscar Valdez Oscar is a Valdez. killer. Oscar De La Hoya, he was a killer. Oscar Valdez <laughs> was a killer this weekend. He looked so relaxed, so at peace. His body looked great. He looked on point. He didn't look drawn. He just looked like camp went as perfect as camp could be. He got in the ring against Rueda, and he wasted no time. He looked sharp. He looked crisp like a surgeon, and he put that boy down. And when that boy was down, he put his foot on his neck. He should have brought the alligator out and sat it on his chest, WWE style, after he won. Uh, you know, I really, really enjoy watching him get better and better every time he fights. Every time he fights, he technically gets better. He has one of the sweetest left hooks in boxing yeah. right now. If you didn't pick up on that, you need to because it is nasty. And that's what he was drilling that dude with was that left hook to the body, left hook upstairs. Yeah. You could tell he's working on different aspects of his game. Absolutely. He just looked fantastic. And what a great coming out party that he picks up the interim WBO lightweight title. I think it was the lightweight title. Mm-hmm. And it was an interim title and a great first title. And for this former two-time Mexican Olympian, and I just see bright things ahead of him. He just looked fantastic. He got the right people around him and he will continue to grow and grow. He does have a great team. Shout out to Frank Espinoza, junior and senior. Um, it was a very overwhelming and emotional post-fight interview. When he uh, demolished Rueda in two rounds, he was screaming and he was crying and he jumped into his trainer's arm and you just felt how raw that emotion was. It was so raw. Absolutely. It was so authentic. I mean, we were on the media section kind of choked up because you felt it. You know, you got goosebumps and this mm-hmm. kid, you know, it's been his dream to become a world champion. And, and, you know, he dedicated the fight to his father and a cousin who died. And the, the emotion was just overwhelming, Jay. Yes, it was. And just refreshing to see someone who cares. We have so many athletes who feel entitled, dropping titles on the scale, missing weight, lackluster competition. This kid came in, he came ready, and he capitalized and seized the moment. So congratulations to Oscar Valdez. I know Tucson wants to bring him home, right? Tucson wants to bring him home. I think that's the best place for him to defend his world title. Um, I think he'd sell out easily there. There was a bunch of Tucson people in Vegas for him, actually. So um, Mm. shout out to Oscar Valdez. We were hoping to talk to him this morning, but he's traveling back to Mexico. But he did say he'd talk to us later this week. So uh, we'll bring you Oscar Valdez later this week. Let's move on to uh, the third bout of the night, which was Jose Benavidez versus Chia Santana. Benavidez scored a unanimous decision win against Francisco Santana. Um, It wasn't the prettiest win whatsoever. And what was more putrid than that was the scorecard. (laughs) Putrid. That's the word of the promotion. Hashtag putrid. Yeah. Break down the fight, Jay. It was a tough fight. Jose Benavides Jr. started off the fight strong. He went back to doing that shit on the ropes. I don't like him fighting on the ropes, but he seems to enjoy it, and I'm not in the ring. I'm not in his corner, so he will do as he chooses. 
Chia Santana had some little had some issues in the beginning, starting off with shoes and fought the fight and and some Yeezys. I don't know what what he was rocking in the ring because it wasn't boxing shoe, shoes. Looked like he had some Yeezys on. But as the fight went on, it was very clear that Jose Benavides Jr. still struggles with conditioning, and he's uh. cutting corners when it comes to doing road work because he looked like he was gassing and breathing through his mouth. But ultimately, he had enough in the tank to secure the victory. What was completely disheartening is Chia Santana was working and patting to death. While he didn't have the power to really stop Benavides, he did outwork him over a number of rounds. And it was just crazy that Adelaide Bird didn't give him any rounds. My God, is I think she might, somebody put a microchip, a C.J. Ross microchip in her because I don't understand how Chia Santana didn't get any rounds. That's just crazy to me. It, no, it, it was embarrassing and it was very disappointing and disheartening because Chia always brings it. He always fights a yep. tough fight. He's a fan-friendly fighter. To to not give him a round, you know, that was, that was heart-wrenching. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really was. And, uh, you know, it was a very competitive fight. Like you said, Benavidez was stuck in win by the third or fourth round. You know, and it's like this kid is so young. Why is he stuck right. in wind in the third and the fourth round? Um, you know, he seemed a little too comfortable. He spent a lot of time on the ropes again. I think he's going to have some issues fighting top guys at 147. And after the fight, he said he wanted Jesse Vargas. And they asked Jesse Vargas, like, what about fighting Jose Benavidez? And he's like, I don't even know who that is. That was more his reaction. (laughs) I think that was more his reaction because we've had Jesse Vargas on the show recently, and he's like, I don't even know who that is. So you might as well just say, you know, hey. And you know what, what, yeah, and what this means for Chia, um, this is probably a good time for us to to play our chat with Chia and uh, and hear from him directly what's next for him and how he feels about the fight. All right, let's get it. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Thank you for joining us on the Morning Punching Show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so listen, let's get right to it. We want to see how you're making out. Um, you fought a really tough fight Saturday night against Jose Benavidez Jr. You didn't end up with the win, um, but you did end up with the knockout of the night. Your wife looked like a knockout on television. She looks gorgeous. <laughs> uh, she always does. She always looks gorgeous. That's why. That, that's why I married her. One of the many reasons. <laughs> she looks phenomenal. <laughs> Thank uh, so, you. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's really talk about the fight here. So you're always a fan friendly fighter. Um, an excellent, excellent fight. In your authentic take, how do you think the fight went? We'll talk about the scorecards later, but how do you feel the fight went? I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't really felt like I won the fight. Uh, a fighter deep down inside knows when they win, when they won a fight, or when they lost the fight. When I fought Saddam Ali, um, you know what? I felt like it was a very competitive fight, but you know what? Deep down inside, I was okay with the loss, you know, because it was a good, close, competitive fight, and I thought, you know what? He probably won. So I said, congratulations. But this time around, I, it's one of the, I, I can't accept it. I just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still trying to accept it. It's going to be, it's going to be hard for me to kind of like move past it, but you know what? It's life, and and at the end of the day, we we must we must move forward. But 
I felt like I won the fight. I felt like I I made the fight. Um, he laid on the ropes a lot, and uh, you know, I mean, it, it's hard, it was hard for me to kind of definitely hit him flush in the face when he's just covering up and just leaning on the ropes. But you know what? I, I knew what I was getting myself into. So nevertheless, I I, I did everything that I could, and I, and like like everybody knows me, I put everything on the line, and and there's no uh, no quit on me. Yeah, you know, I think it is a tough hard, uh, tough pill to swallow, not only for you, but even for the people and the fans that were watching because it was so hard not to root for you. It was so hard not to be a Cheetah Santana fan. And when they read the scorecards, I mean, they were just awful. I mean, the one judge didn't give you one round. Or do you have any thoughts on filing a protest? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, by following a protest, I don't know if I, that will change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, uh, if anything, I wish I could get that fight back. You know, I wish I, oh. really, I wish I could get a get a rematch. I, I genuinely felt like I won the fight, you know. Uh, and I'd love to do it again with him. Um, he did left a little bitter bitterness in my mouth. And I want I, I just can't swallow that, you know. He he talked bad a lot, and I didn't leave, uh, I, I don't dislike anybody, but if there's somebody that I don't like, it's him. Mm. And he, you know, he went on to disrespect me and my family, and that's just something that I can't forget. And I've, I like to get it back, you know, whether if it's sooner or later, you know, I, I, I like to get a rematch with him, but. You know, uh, nevertheless, congrats to him. He won the you know, wall. I think the, give him the win. Yeah, I um, think I really yeah. like that idea of a rematch because for the people that didn't buy the pay-per-view, that was a really excellent fight. And to have that, you know, to run that back again, I think it would make for a great rematch. Right, Shay? Absolutely. Okay. Was, there, was there anything about his style that surprised you? Um... No, I, you know what? A little bit of uh, maybe of uh, I didn't realize how awkward it was when he leans on the ropes. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I didn't realize how big that torso is. It's like <laughs> when he and, and 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 he's very crafty when he leans on the ropes. He really leans back because he uses that 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 torso and that height so that um, it it makes the other fighter really. Uh, it takes away from my punching power. It takes away from me me being able to hit him flush in the face. So, uh, and I think he just does that more of a defensive mode. But um, you know what? At the end of the day, I felt like I won. I felt like I did. If it weren't for me, that fight would have been a boring fight. Yeah. You know, with all said and done, you know, if I could, I could have just, you know, we could have played a, a clean fest and. And the the fans would have just been like, you know, what what a boring people view fight, you know, it was. And uh, I felt like uh, I I took the action and like like, you know, I always uh, felt like uh, you know, boxing. I feel like it's just by ring journalism, who who who. I mean, the the copy box says that I out threw more punches, I landed more punches, <laughs> and uh, uh, and. But then yet, uh, on one scorecard, I didn't even win around. <laughs> so I felt like I should have just, I could have just stayed home and watched my own fight at the house. 
Well, she, well she, yeah. we know you are definitely not a diva and that you welcome all comers. What direction do you go in now? Do you actively seek the rematch, or are you just ready to move on to something else? You know what? Right now, I came immediately to see my daughter. I, I went, you know, a few weeks without seeing her, so I just, uh, I grabbed a plane, plane early this morning, came straight home to Santa Barbara. I spent the entire day with her in, uh, in my nephew's birthday party. And I just, I basically, she's the only thing that was going to make me feel better today. Aww. But uh, I uh, I called Frank, and, uh, and I'm ready for my coach, Coach Haas, to call uh, Carl. And I like a rematch. You know, if it's not an immediate rematch, then you know what? Put me back on, you know, if it's uh, only match again, you know, give me another fight or two, or they want to give me a win or two. Okay, you know, but definitely... And if it's not with him and if it's one of management with somebody else, so be it. But later in the future, I'd like to get that fight again. I, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fight that I just can't, I just can't accept myself yeah. personally. If it's, you know, like, uh, like going back to Nidam Ali because it's, it was the closest thing, you know, mm-hmm. at least my most recent loss. Saddam Ali, I can, I, I can walk away from it. I can't walk right. away from that fight. But from this fight, I, I just can't. I can't. You know, I just felt like uh, I don't know what else I needed to do for me to uh, to get a win. Yeah, you know, you, me out, you know. Yeah, you um, you're just so honest and so real and authentic, and we appreciate that. You know, where you're just really saying it like it is, and you always make for good fights, and you always show tremendous heart, tremendous will. Um, you don't make excuses, you know, you don't bitch and complain, and, and that's awesome, and that's what the fans want, and that those are the type of fighters that they want to see, you know, over and over again. So we know that you go to Disneyland, right, after your fights? Yeah, yeah, we'll probably go next week. It's my daughter's birthday next next Sunday. Yeah. So I'm going to celebrate with her. We have a little birthday party. Girls are more than welcome to come. <laughs> okay. Well, we love your warrior spirit, yeah. and, and awesome to hear you in good spirits. Tell the family we said hello. And keep us posted, Chia. Let us know what's up next for you. And no. we've got some friends over here with RB&J. Thank you so much. And, uh, and, I, and again, I'm not done. I'm going to go back and talk to Carl, talk to uh, Frank, and uh, and uh and see what's in, basically see what's next, see what what they want to put in front of me. But uh, deep down inside, I feel like I want to fight, and I I, I do I I yep. want to rematch with him because I know deep down inside he knows he lost. Yeah, well we'll we'll get uh, behind that. We'll campaign that for you. You just let us know when to start. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, man. Enjoy, enjoy Disneyland, okay, Gia? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, girls. Thank you. All right, have a good day. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. The Caribe Hilton Hotel in San Juan, Puerto Rico, will host the 29th WBO Convention October 17th through October 21st. The World Boxing Organization is a sanctioning organization currently recognizing professional boxing world champions such as Sergey the Crusher Kovalev, Gilberto El Surdo Ramirez, Terrence Bud Crawford, Jesse La Nueva Generación Vargas, Roman Rocky Martinez. Registration forms and advertising opportunities are on our website at WBOboxing.com. The WBO also has a mission that extends beyond the ring. So help join the WBO on this fight, and for more information on the WBO, 
Convention of Puerto Rico and the Kids Drug Free Program, visit WBOboxing.com. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at WarTapeBrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. WarTapeBrand.com. We put hands on you. And we're back. You are listening to the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and J, brought to you courtesy of RagingBabe.com, BackCulture.net, and all of our glorious sponsors. We want to hear from you what your take was on Crawford versus Postal. After we play our interview with Brian Bomack McIntyre, Buck Crawford's trainer, uh, we really want to get your hot takes on what you thought of the fight, where this places Terrence in the super lightweight, welterweight landscape, what you thought about Oscar Valdez. We basically want you to sound off. So to call in, please dial 718-508-9852. Make sure you press 1 so that we don't pick up the phone and go, hello, Morning Punching Show, and you say, uh, I, I, I just won't listen. We're not, we're not here for that today. So if we're awake and we've been awake all night long because we party like some rock stars, you have to press 1 if you want to talk to us. So back play to you, RB. Play, play our, theme, our theme music, Jay. Oh, yeah, this is always going to be the official theme music when we go somewhere now. Hey. 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 Everybody hit your Millie Rock and party like a rock star. <laughs> Listen, before we get into breaking down Crawford Postal, got to remind you uh, to go to the Apple app store and download the app called box stats it's simply the best boxing app for boxing enthusiasts and and professional boxers too get the latest boxing news there you could perform a quick search for a fighter you could share your results you simply type their name in and box stats will do all the research through various platforms and um you can get all your information there jay and while, and while you are there downloading the BoxSat app, make sure you go to the podcast section of iTunes and type in Bad Culture Radio so that you can subscribe to our podcast just in case you miss them and just in case you don't want to jump on YouTube because you're at work and you don't want to get busted. Go to iTunes and subscribe to the Bad Culture Radio channel. That way you will get all the episodes of the Morning Punch-In show and also the ruckus and you know, do a review for us. That's a great thing for your girls. It costs you nothing and keep help keep us spreading our voice in boxing and sharing it all with you. So make sure That's you look right. out for that while you're in the app start down in the app store downloading the box stats app. All right. Listen, we're gonna break down calls for possible. We got Brian McIntyre that's gonna call in and then we got some word on the curb that you know we're gonna save Ooh. till the end of the show and it and it's really good too. So anyway, let's mm. get to it. Crawford Postal. Great fight, master class by Terrence Crawford, unanimous decision over Victor Postel. Terrence Crawford is now the WBC, WBO, undisputed, lineal junior welterweight champion of the world. It was a really great fight. Crawford showed that he is an accurate puncher. He's a patient fighter. I really loved how composed he was. You know, the first two rounds or so went to Victor Postel. And you could tell yeah. that Crawford was just timing him. He was figuring him yeah. out. And I, and I loved his movement, his footwork, his speed, and the way he was figuring him out. After round three and on, it was a wrap, Jay. I mean, Crawford yeah. is that good. Postle was completely frustrated. There was no plan B whatsoever. He was completely outclassed. Shook. 
completely yeah. shook. You know, we watched we watched those first two rounds, and we watched you know in the build up to this fight, everything was about Postel's jab, his jab, his jab, his reach, his size advantage, his reach, his jab, his jab, his jab. Where did jab go? What happened? Postel, yeah, did what he could, but he just had no backup plan. Our buddy Daryl said his jab didn't make it through customs. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, the way that Crawford switches to the southpaw stance, <laughs> the way he switches to the southpaw stance is so flawless and so effortless. It, it's it's really a beautiful thing to watch. You know, you don't have to love the kid. You don't have to be his number one fan, but don't discredit him either. I mean, he is definitely an elite fighter. He probably belongs in the top five, six, seven fighters in the world today. And, and he's a problem at 140. And let's not discredit Victor Postel either because after the fight, oh, he's a bum, he's average, he was slow. No, no, no. You guys were crowning him when he he's beat Lucas Matisse. Nice. Not that hard. <laughs> Don't discredit him now. You guys were crowning him. He was the best thing since sliced bread. And then after, mm. you know, Crawford just toyed with him, now the guy's not that good. That's not right. That kid would still be a lot of other 140s. <laughs> uh, Jay, after the fight, Postel said that Crawford was running. <laughs> I didn't see him running. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw him running. I saw him put a few laps on the ring, but I don't recall. I saw a lot of movement. I saw a lot of side-to-side, side, a lot of juking, a lot of craftiness, but I definitely didn't see anybody running. You know, anybody who thought Crawford was running, <laughs> hey, I didn't see it. Uh, we, we were able to get behind the scenes with Team Crawford immediately after the fight, um, and we actually debuted and premiered R&B Unfiltered with Terrence Bud Crawford yesterday. So make sure you go to the YouTube channel, The Bad Culture Network TV channel, and you can watch our behind-the-scenes footage with Team Crawford. RB, they didn't want us to have another podcast, so we got another podcast. Word <laughs> right, to DJ right. Collins. Word <laughs> to DJ Collins. So, uh, so the ever-outspoken Bo Mac, uh, we got to chat with him last night, and uh, had a really good time with him, and got to break down the fight with him, and what's next for Terrence. So, why don't we go ahead and play our interview with Bo Mac McIntyre? See if you can listen to this whole interview with a straight face. If you do, you will win something from the Raging Babe store. If you can listen to this entire interview with a straight face, you will win a shirt from the Raging Babe store. Here we go. Bo Mac. Yo. What it do? And what? <laughs> what it do? What are you doing? Uh, I, I'm going to sit here and talk to one of the, uh, one of the amateurs. Oh, all um, right. I, I came over here and check on him. You know what I'm saying? He's, uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's trying to win the uh, Ringside World Championship. So I came over here and check on him. So let me get this straight. So last night y'all won a big, big fight, and today you're back in Omaha, going to the gym, checking on your amateurs. Right. Yeah. Of course. And he just landed. I just landed about an hour and a half ago, so I had to take Terrence back to his house. Uh, take Terrence to the house. Him and his girl. And uh, uh, I had to check on my son, and I got a daughter that's about to have a baby. So I had to check on them, and so now I'm checking on my amateur. 
Terrence is now the WBC, WBO, undisputed, lineal welter, right, welterweight champ, light welterweight champion mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to know, what's Bud doing today? What's he doing tomorrow? Is it back, you know, regular life? He's going to be, you know, buying diapers at Walmart. I mean, regular life, right? Well, hey, I just dropped him off for probably about an hour ago, so I know he got to go pick up the kids, him and his girl. Uh, and he just called me about 10 minutes ago and, and wanted me to get the posters, some of the posters that was that was hung up in the MGM Grand so he could put in the gym. And, and he wanted to get some extra posters so that he could sign them and try to uh, give them out to the different organizations here and maybe try to raffle them off or something like that. Well, Max, seeing you after the fight, you know, we know you're never at a loss for words, but it just seemed like right after the fight, before you went to the press conference, you were just so quiet and like you were taking it in, almost emotional. Is this the highlight of your professional career? Well, I, I, will, I won't say that. I won't say that's a highlight of my professional career because I know it, it's much more to come. So what I try to do, what I, what I try to do this fight, it, it is 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 just try to be a little bit more calmer because I know sometimes I can be, I can run off at the mouth and no. and, and and, but I, I wanted to be, I wanted, I wanted the world to see me as. Okay, y'all didn't y'all didn't believe in me. Now you y'all should believe in me. Now I, I barked a lot of noise before the fight. So after the fight, I kind of just being with being quiet. This one word I had to say was Freddie. Who you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know let's let's talk about Freddie a little bit because you know there was some bitterness there. People felt like maybe you were in over your head. Um, Bud dominated the fight. You know, dominated. Figured this get out, figured out possible from round three on. You spoke to me and Jay on Friday night at the bar, and you gave us your game plan. Uh, you that was a restaurant. It, that was a restaurant that we was at. It was really wasn't no bar. It was a restaurant bar. I just so happened to see y'all sitting at the at the bar, and at, as I was going to the restaurant. Oh, okay, yes. So we were at this really nice restaurant drinking water, and okay. you came. Color water. Yes, yes, with lemon. <laughs> so my point is, you told us to keep it to ourselves, not to put it out there to the public, but you did give us your game plan. And what you told us was um, that you were going to have Postle moving to his right the whole night. And let me tell you, not only was your game plan brilliant, but Bud executed it to a T. You know what? The, you know what's so funny is is I, I I tried to watch film with Bud, but he don't want he don't want to watch film with us. So we watch him for ourselves. Me and the coaches we watch him for ourselves. So he trusts us. And then when you we like trying to sit him down, let me let's watch film. That's y'all job. I'm like, okay, that's our job. And he listens to us. And like I told y'all, this dude is a north and south fighter. And if you move him, if you move him east to west, man, he don't know what the freak to do. You know, he's a, what he needs is a, a face fighter, fighters that's in front of his face, and then he'll look good. Like Matisse, Matisse comes straight forward. Uh, the, the other guy that he fought comes straight forward. You, you don't give him that. Don't give him. Don't give him what he used to. You give him what he's not used to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
And not only that, with the East and West movement, you also said you guys were going to touch him to death, touch his arm, touch his chest, just pat him hey. all over. Once hey, the judge that. executed that, do you, do you think Proctor was confused on what to do? As you can see in the, in the corner, I just because sometimes he he got to a point to where he was moving and moving and moving, and he wasn't using his jab a little bit. But but yeah, my guy in the corner, uh, other coach Red Spikes, you know we break down the fight uh, as we go round by round, and and, and uh, he was just keep telling, kept telling me, uh, uh, keep that jab stiff, keep the jab stiff, keep the jab moving around, body, head. Uh, shoulder, arm, gloves. Just keep it. Just keep him off balance. If you keep him off balance, he he didn't have a freaking clue what to what to do. He was frustrated. Very frustrated. And, and, and then if you look at the other rounds, some of the some of the deeper rounds, I man, his legs was gone. His legs was was really gone. You know, he didn't have no legs. With you and Freddie Roach, now in the aftermath, during the fight promotion, it just seemed really, really personal with Freddie Roach. Where where, where are you now? Is, is everything, did you shake hands afterwards? Where is the relationship now? I, I, I haven't, you know what, I haven't talked to Freddie Roach after the fight, and, and I probably won't talk to him again until they get the thing situated with Manny Pacquiao because I, I'll ask the same. Oh. Because he's going to say the same thing. Uh, are over their heads. They're not ready for this. They're not ready for that. But you know what I'm saying. All that, all that is just bullshit to me. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I know, I know, you know, I know I'm the best. I, w- I was the best trainer in in that situation because of the simple fact. Me and Bud is like Freddie Roach and Pacquiao. So I know every move is like he know every move of Pacquiao's move. So the word on the curb last night behind the scenes was that the Pacquiao fight probably is going to be looming, and it would be at 140, and Pacquiao would have to come down to 140, and he would come to 140 for it because he could probably go as low as 135. So making 140 for him is not the problem. So you will probably see Freddie Roach again on the other side of the corner, and you already won up. No, no, I'm three up. Oh, you're three up. Yes, he got to do history bomb before he start asking questions. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm three up, so it, it don't make no it, it, it don't make no difference. You know what I'm saying? It, it really doesn't make the difference. Even if it's if it's not Freddie Roach, I, I'm still confident about what Bud can do in that ring. Uh, as long as as long as we do our homework. When I say we, you got Spikes, you got Diegas, you got uh, 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 Dez, you got Chet. You know what I'm saying? You got the doctors. You got Dr. Mm-hmm. Conroy. You got a whole slew of team. As long as we do our homework, we should have no problems. Yeah. We have a game that we like to play called Chin Check. And so I'm going to read you a couple comments that were said in the past couple days, and I'm going to let you respond with a Chin Check response. Are you ready to play this game with us today? I, 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 I really don't think you want to play the game with me right now because you know my favorite two words. It, it, we got beats and we got, we'll got. we get you taken care of. So, listen, Victor Postle yesterday, after the fight, at the post-fight press conference, said, 
I tried to make this an excellent fight, but Terrence Crawford was running the entire fight. What is your chin check response to that? Because he did not really want to come in after he got that chin check. <laughs> yeah, hey, look at it. He didn't want to come after he got that chin check a couple of times, especially I think it was the fifth, fourth, the fifth round. It was a count left. He was a count left in the southpaw stand. Uh, he got the chin check, and after that, he did not come in until like the 11th or 12th round. That's when he started coming in reckless. When he said Crawford was running, I actually laughed when I heard him say that because there were at least three times during the fight where Postle was literally running. Like, he was on skates. He was running. You recall listen, that? Listen, listen, listen. I told y'all, I told them, uh, whoever listened to me, I say in interviews, he don't want to go into that really, really combat stage. When you step to him, he's going to step back. I know this cat. I studied this cat. I'm going to tell you what kind of pennies his mama wears because I know his whole family. I know his his, his manager. Did you, did you know his manager? Did you know his manager wear exercise jeans too small so he can really look like they're, uh, you know, they're, they're very, very, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They're very... They're arrogant. Those, those guys over there, they're so arrogant. And I found out, I found out that his manager, whatever that guy's name was, he wears the jeans too small. So he can look extra arrogant. You know what I'm saying? And, and special dude does the same thing. That's why I knew he couldn't handle Cassius power. Because he don't have a house on him. All he got is a bone. All he got a bone and, and, and fucking skin. He don't have no meat in his ass. He don't got no meat in his legs. Did you look at his legs like the six, seven, six round? His legs are so wobbly, it was pathetic. Did you say you know what kind of panties his mom wears? Is that what you said? You said what? Did you say you know what kind of panties his mom wears? Yeah, you know, you know, over in Scotland, over, oh, I mean, over in the UK. Did you know, over in the UK, the pennies that they wear, older women, the pennies that they wear, they they look like thongs, but they're not thongs. They come wrong. Okay, okay, I can't. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Breathe, mama, breathe, breathe, mama. All right, let let's move on to the next ten checks. Freddie Roach. He stayed losing money. He was posting up his bets. You know, he put all this money on Postle, lost some money. He said right before the fight that he saw Bud the day of the weigh-in and that he was having problems making weight. What is your response, your chin check response to Freddie saying Bud was having problems making weight? He should have donated that money to the, the B&B Boxing Academy. I'm on Nebraska at 3034 Spray. I'm on Nebraska 68131. That's what he should have done with that thousand dollars instead of go it on a on a thoroughbred that got a broke leg. Oh, all right. The media. Let's take this to the media for your chin check response. Now the media is calling this a mismatch. They crowned Postle the king after he beat Lucas Matisse. Now he's a mediocre fighter. Now he ain't have no skills. Now this was a mismatch. You know. Now they're discrediting the win. 
what is your chin check response to the media who is now discrediting the fight and the win? Fuck them. Because anything, anything that I say about the media to 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 try to try to uh, uh, check what they said about us is never going to be no good. So at the end of the day, my favorite word is fuck them. Even though even when I say this, they're going to come back and say, oh, he's arrogant. He just got one fighter. He just got this. He just got that. I tried to tell them the media, the world, before this fight was going to happen, Cameron was going to dominate that kid. Mm-hmm. Only because I know fighters, and he is a golden glove runner-up fighter that didn't never make it out the out the country. And if you look at it, if you look at one of his interviews, Postal never made it on. Really, never made it on the team on the Ukraine team. He was always second and third. That's a runner-up fighter. Because he doesn't have the skills, he don't. His boxing IQ is not up there. That goes to show you, dumb and dumber. Dumb is the postal, and dumber is is Freddie Roach because they never had a game plan going into the fight. You know what I'm saying? Blind leading the blind. The blind is leading the blind. They. It's, Okay, I'll be quiet. They, 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 they say I talk too much. They say I talk too much. Bo Max. Bo Max. Well, okay, okay, all right. All right, we, we're, okay. <laughs> we're going to bring it back. So, we're, we're out of time. We're out of time, y'all. So what is, what is Bud's toughest fight, in your opinion, the toughest fight he's been in? Oh, uh, Gamble. I think it was the toughest fight with Gamble. But Gamble was slick, man. That little motherfucker was slick, man. You know what I'm saying? He was tricky. You know what? You know why I'm going to say that? Because that Gamboa fight made me and my coaches stronger. Mm. It, it made us learn more about boxing. Um, see, a lot, a lot of a lot of fights after that Gamboa fight, a lot of those fights, this, this trainers try to come up, they try to post, they try to make their attack off of Gamboa, but they not knowing I'm, we're not a dummy team. We're going to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. Every fight we're going to learn. So that was some fights ago. That don't mean we still stuck on the same thing that we knew in Gamboa's fight. You take it, you, if you want to be a top-notch trainer, you always got to take in the good and the bad. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Someone asked Bud that last night, too. They said, you know, was this your toughest fight? And he immediately was like, nah, Gamboa is still my toughest fight. So you, you agree. You guys are definitely on the same page. I, I, def- I definitely agree with that because I'm going to tell you something about that fight. Bud made adjustments before that fight, before he came back to the corner. So that just let you, that just goes to tell you that because we were stuck on one game plan, coming over the top with the right hand. So he's seen more out there than we did because he's out there. Now, if if we was at that time, if I was one of the best trainers in the world at that time, I would have told him to switch and to catch him coming in. Mm. But we didn't. He caught it himself. So once he did it, then we called Sharp back. 
But what that did for us, it made me bring my team into the office and say, listen here, we got to get better because the kid knows this shit before we did. It should be the other way around. Look, I'm going to sound a little biased right now because we go way back, you know, and I think it's no secret, you know, about how far. Okay, one more question, one more question, please. Okay, okay. The thing was, um, I may sound a little biased right now, but everybody knows how far back we go. And myself and Jay, we appreciate the time that we got to spend with you guys out here because we see the real side of Bud. We see the real side of Bomac and Red and Saul and all you guys and how humble and grounded you are. And I was telling people, you know, Monday morning is going to be a regular day for them, whether he's the WBC, WBO, lineal this, lineal undisputed. It's, they're back to Omaha. It's back to regular life. And I think that's why so many people love you guys. And, you know, just to see the turnout in Vegas, you had over 7,000 people show up to a fight that's not in your backyard when some fighters can't even get 700 people to a fight in their own city. And I think that speaks volumes for where you guys are going in the future. Right, right. right. Uh, so, so, so what is your question? <laughs> hey, I love you too. I love spending guys. I love spending time with you guys. But you know, I can only give y'all thirty minutes like every other day. You know how I am. Y'all know how I am. You know I'm emotional. I'm an emotional dude, right? So if I don't treat these well my way and we see each other, it's just you know I gotta go. Okay, so this is this is what I'm gonna say. The Ringside World Tournament is very important to you. Good luck with your amateurs. Let us know how you make out. Whatever you need us to share for you, we'll share it. And I'm sure okay, we'll talk cool. this week. Have a good night. Hey, listen, listen. Can you can you guys check in with me every day, every every day in the morning time, and and just to show y'all, uh, or just let the world know how the team is going. You know what I'm saying? Not only us. But if y'all check in, if you check in with me, I have more teams from around the around the country, around the world. Just checking in, like we got teams from New York. I'm really cool, cool with. We got teams from Pakistan. Uh, I'm really cool with. So if y'all check in with me, y'all can check in with them and just to see how things are going. And then maybe at that time, if y'all recording this. Y'all could say, well, we had him on the morning show about eight years from now. Now look at him, he's a world champion. You see what I'm saying? That's right. Bomax, the most underrated trainer in the game. Have a good night. Thank you for talking to us. I'm going to hit you up on you. Thank you, Bob. You be good. Bye. If you want the best, BoxStats beats the rest. BoxStats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. BoxStats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. BoxStats, know your opponent. All right, and we are back. Never a dull moment talking to Brian Bomack McIntyre. That, that was something, Jay. That was a lot of fun. I, I hate Bo Mack with the best part of my heart. Bo Mack is the craziest person. Oh, he's definitely pound for pound one of the craziest people I've ever talked to in my entire life. He needs cameras to follow him around like a reality show. Why did he say, okay, let's just dissect three important takeaways. Well, four. The, the boxing takeaway that's specific to the sport regarding how Gamboa not only is a defining win for Bud, but it made his team stronger. That was a very, very 
candid inside look at a camp that people typically don't hear. He said they had a game plan for Bud to come over with the right hand on Gamboa, but when he saw something else, he had to switch to South, and he switched his game plan and had to catch him coming in. They were so vested in one plan of attack that they didn't consider any other options. So that was really very, very compelling mm. to the, just to hear a trainer be so candid because the trainer, they usually say we Bam. came up short or like, you know, like when, uh, what's this, Teddy Atlas, when he and Tim Bradley lost the most recent fight against Manny Pacquiao, he was in tears and he just said, I, I you know, I messed up. But he really took that fight and learned from it. Now, in three other, I'm sorry, go ahead, RB. No, no, go ahead. The three non-boxing takeaways. He says he knew he knew Postal so well that he even knew what kind of underwear Postal's mama was wearing. And they weren't thongs; they were wrongs from Scotland and the UK. Fomac is hilarious for that. Number one. Number two. He said Postal had no ass on him. He only had. I don't even remember what the hell he said. He he said so much crazy stuff. It's too early for all this. I need some more coffee. Messing with Fomac. <laughs> Apparently, wearing tight pants makes you more arrogant. I, I don't know. Yes. I must be super arrogant because all my pants are right. tight. But uh, all right. <laughs> anyway, listen, we want to encourage our listeners. We see the switchboard is lit up like a Christmas tree. We know you're listening. Press one if you want to talk to us about Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford versus Pastel, what's coming up in the future. Um, talk to us. Press one. The number is 718-508-9852. If anybody's there, Jay, pressing one, or they we just want to listen. We should have had it. Maybe we just we have, should have had a one at the MGM because everybody was pressing that goddamn one at the MGM all weekend long at the tables, in the arena, everywhere we went. Everybody was pressing one to talk to us, but nobody wants to press one right now. So we see you in the queue, 404-718-916. Two five two five zero four. Press one. Okay. Talk to it. Nah, to all right. Well, listen. Let Let's give you some word on the curb. We got about ten minutes left in the show. Word on the curb is that Jason Sosa, who just recently beat Javier Fortuna for the WBA World Title, may be fighting Gervonta da- Davis, Mayweather promotion fighter. They call Tank. Um, sometime early this fall. I mm. like that fight. There were some rumors that Javante Davis was going to fight Pedraza, and that doesn't look like to be the case. Pedraza's pretty much like, now, what's that fight going to do for me? Like, why why would I go backwards and fight Javante Davis? Javante Davis really wants a shot at a world title. Floyd, you know, tries to get his guys in the best positions where they can make the most money, and it looks like they are going to start really putting together a fight between Jason Sosa and Javante Davis. You like that fight? I like that fight. That fight's great. I, we'll see if it comes off. I don't know if Gervonta got enough uh, whiskers on his chin for that fight, but it's definitely a fight I'll tune in to watch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the rush is with Gervonta Davis. You know, like there's levels. I know that sounds corny, but there's levels to this, you know, experience, Absolutely. development, even mentally. You know, he's a young kid. He's still in Baltimore. He's you know, he's living that young life, and, and boxing is, you know, like 90% mental. And Jason Sosa right. has been on the bigger stages. He's been on HBO. He has traveled to China to go take somebody's strap from them. So he's already been at the high level and had these experiences and been through some bullshit already. 
So um, I think Davis is going to be in some deep waters. Some other word on the curb um, is that the Manny Pacquiao fight is scheduled in Las Vegas for November 5th. And it looks like after the performance that Terrence Crawford just had against Victor Postle, it looks like he just took the lead in becoming Manny Pacquiao's dance partner. It really looked like it was going to go and sway towards Jesse Vargas. But now it looks like the pay-per-view fight next for Matty Pacquiao is going to be Terrence Crawford, and it will be at 140. I mentioned earlier that Manny Pacquiao has no problems getting down to 135 if he had to, so making 140 is not a problem. It's not like it's going to drain him or anything that way. Um, So expect to hear some negotiations and all coming soon, I would say within the next month or so. But it looks like Crawford's finally going to land that fight after being passed over a good two or three times. That's right. That's a fight for him. I mean, he's cleaning out the division. As of now, there's still no bridges built between the rest of the other outfits out there. So in the meantime, that's a good fight for Crawford. It's a good swan song for Pacquiao if he comes up short. It's a, a as big a signature win you can get if you're Crawford at this point, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Last bit of word on the curb that I have is Bernard Hawkins is still very adamant about fighting his farewell fight, and it looks like they are really, really fine-tuning this. Um, I can't yet give the name of the dancing partner uh, because my source would probably kill me, but what I can tell you is that it's probably going to land in Las Vegas, and it will be in the fall around October-ish, It'll be on HBO, and it's going to be a classic farewell fight. It's going to be at an old-school mm. venue. It's going to have an old-school feel to it, and that is how huh. Bernard wants to go out. Um, so maybe next okay. week I could dish more on the, um, on the dancing partner. But for now, look out for Pacquiao Crawford <clears throat> and most likely Vargas Benavidez, even though Vargas said, you know, I don't really know who this Benavides is. I, I don't know what he's going to really do for me. But it's actually a really good matchup, and uh, I think that's a fight. <laughs> I think that's a fight um, that could really get made. So look, look for Bernard to be back in October. Look for Crawford Pacquiao, and look for Sosa versus Javante Davis. And that's all I got, Jay. That's the word on the curve. All right. Well, let's close this show out. Let's get into the weekend fight schedule. This weekend, PBC on from Eddie Adonis Superman Stevens versus Thomas Top Dog Williams for Stevens uh, Stevenson's WBC light heavyweight title. I don't know about this fight. I get. I think Top Dog has a puncher's chance. He'll he will have to do a lot or knock out Stevenson to get the win. The buzz on this fight is non-existent. I get that. We pretty much are all universal and are not so much of liking for. Adonis Stevenson. I mean, who who are the Adonis Stevenson fans out there? You know, tweet us, tweet me, tweet RB. If you are legit an Adonis Stevenson fan, we want to identify you so that we can send you a package. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we want to know who you are because I just don't know Stevenson like that. So that fight is this weekend. Uh, in the co-feature, Eliander Alvarez is fighting somebody. I'm not sure who. So if you are home on Friday and you want to tune, I don't know who you're fighting. It's, uh, on, it's the schedule I'm looking at. It still says TBA. So if you are home this weekend and you're going to see PBC on Spike, I'm so tired. I'll be home on Friday, so I'm going to watch it pop off and t- 
tweet and talk about it, so we'll do that. Uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area in Ontario, looks like there's a club show going on at the spot. You know where it is in Ontario in the hotel. I can't think of the name right now. I'm tired. It's early. Yeah, hit me on Twitter, and I'll get the details for you. Um, this is the hey, most jacked-up weekend fight schedule. Wait, for real. I, I got, I'm trying. I'm, you know, Jack. Yeah, it's a, yeah right. Hey, hard. there's a fight coming on so somewhere. Hard. I know. There is a fight coming on somewhere sometime. I don't know. Tweet me. I'll get it. On July 30th, on Showtime, it's Showtime, Leo Santa Cruz versus Carl Frampton for Santa Cruz's WBA featherweight title from the Barclays Center in New York City. In the co-feature event, Mikey Garcia making his return after being out of the ring for 137 years against Elio Rojas. So we'll see how Mikey does in his return. Pauli Malignaggi, Brooklyn stand-up, is going to be fighting on the card against Gabriel Bracero. Ivan Redcatch is going to fight against Tevin Farmer. Shout-out to Tevin Farmer, who loves the call into the Morning Punch-In show. So that's going on. Also this weekend, if you want to check out BN Sports, Luis Neri is fighting David Sanchez from Tijuana, Mexico. And also on HBO Latino, uh, live from Indio, California, from uh, Fantasy Springs, I'm guessing. I'm told Lopez and Joseph Diaz. Jojo, Jojo Diaz? Joseph Diaz is fighting Victor Proa, and Roy Tapia is fighting Jairo Hernandez. Nick Arce is on this card, too, so we know he's going to bring his 1,472,322 fans with him. That boy can can sell tickets, so... That's your weekend fight schedule, and I'm going to pass it back to you, R.B. All right. So, listen, that that card on Saturday night in Brooklyn, that's going to be a really, really great card. And if I was closer to New York and if we weren't in Vegas this weekend, we probably would have been out there. Leo Santa Cruz versus Carl Frampton. Don't don't be surprised if Carl Frampton pulls the upset. I'm not even sure if I want to call that an upset. I just think that, you know, Santa Cruz is a much different fighter today than he was a few years ago. Um, he is going to apply a lot of pressure, but I think I think Franson is going to pull it off. I really do. So I'm going to pick the upset. Mikey Garcia is going to return. I don't see him having any issues with the guy that he's fighting. Um, and then Tevin Farmer, Philly fighter, he is in for a tough fight uh, with Red Koch. And they've been trading some words online, and it's been really fun to watch that little buildup. And uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be a really tough fight for him. And I think you could catch that one on the show extreme part. Is that correct, Jay? That's correct. Yeah, that'll be on the show extreme. And then uh, any any official pick for Donna Stevenson versus Thomas Williams? We know this cornball is gonna get the win. I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm preventing myself from getting a future interview. I'm Sorry, but he's a cornball. I'm tired of seeing pictures of his damn cars. Fight a fight. So unless Top yeah. Dog just comes out the gate and just kaya and just drops him, he ain't losing that fight. Even if he goes to the canvas and gets up. Donna Stevenson for the win. Leo Santa Cruz versus Carl Frampton. I don't know. I'm torn. I'm on the fence. I'm going to give it to Santa Cruz just because he is a champion, but it's it's close for me. But I'll, unless uh, Frampton knocks him out or just really mollywops him over the course of 12 rounds, I'm going to give it to uh, Leo Santa Cruz. And I don't know, maybe Paulie will win too. Paulie will get a Brooklyn belt again. 
I, I, I'm actually going to go ahead and rock with Thomas Williams. And I, I'm going to say that because of what you were saying about Adonis Stevenson and what he's been posting on his social media. It just tells you so much about athletes and fighters. And he's all about his cars and money and going out and partying and all this shit. And it's like, Thomas Williams, he's still trying to feed his kids. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. still in the gym every day trying to make ends meet, feeding his family, eating dog food. And, you know, Adonis Stevenson is eating steak and lobster and showing off his 10 right. cars and his mansions and all this partying. And like I said, boxing is very mental. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with Thomas Williams this weekend. I'd, I'd love to see him pull it off. And I think he can. I don't think Adonis Stevenson and... is that uh, – yeah, I don't think that uh, Adonis is that special. All right. Me neither. All right. I never – so anyway, that's it. We have all our listeners. Nobody wanted to dare to press one to uh, to talk How to us. You. I don't know why everyone is so scared. Yeah, they don't want to play know it or blow it. They don't want to win free stuff. Mm. They but, don't uh, want I guess win nothing. <laughs> oh, shout out We're to gonna... our girl, Christina Poncher of Top Rank. Happy birthday, Christina. Oh, yeah. Woo! Happy birthday, Poncher. You know, that's one thing about this industry is that there are some really good people in it, and we have made some really good friends. Friends for life, you know, not just acquaintances, not just colleagues, um, really, really have made some really great friendships. We had an awesome time in Vegas. We got to hang out with some raging babes and uh, and some other people out there. So all really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tina Poncher. Had a great birthday weekend out there. So anyway, listen, let's wrap up. We're going to close out here. Uh, the Ruckus this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. We appreciate you for listening today, for making us a part of your day. Shout out to BOMAC. Shout out to Chia Santana, my partner in crime, Jay. Thank you so much. We're back every Monday morning, morning punch and show from 8 to 9. That's it. Anita, we're out. Taking a nap. Hey. 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 Hey.